0: Okay, I'm going to do developing a prayer culture. We want to do it month of August. doesn't mean if any of you are thinking, oh gosh, I've got to do the whole month, that's not what we're doing. We'll talk semantics a bit more at the end. If you've fasted heaps and it's been a negative experience, I'm sorry, please talk to someone about it. We'll go through a bit of this. If you've never fasted before, don't worry. This is kind of like the basics, coaching, why, and here are some of the options you can do, all right? When God's people humble themselves and pray, he makes a clear promise to heal their land. 2 Corinthians. So when we fast, it's for our purity, but it's for around us. It's where we walk. We're carrying a choice and a decision in our heart. All right? So let's keep it personal and corporate and regional, all in one. Okay. I'm going to start with why we would struggle with fasting. And go. I like to kind of bracket things. So I'm going to do the four different things. We're going to do the physical reasons why we might. Circumstantial reasons why we might, the discipline factor, and then the theological factor. Sound good? Physical. Okay, um, this is where I mean it's really practical. Physically, if you have issues with low blood sugar or health deficit things, um, this can be a cornering factor because we know through the word that fasting is food, usually. Um, so I just want to read something to you to help you feel normal. This is Healthy and Free by Benny Johnson. So, Bill Johnson Bethel, she wrote this book. And in a section of it, she does uh, a little bit on detoxing and then talks as well on fasting as a form of detoxing, obviously, because some people do that. Um, So, I just want to give you an experience she had, because this is not my experience. Many years ago, Bill and I decided to go on an extended fast I had fasted before, but not for more than a few days, so my body was not accustomed to what I put it through. So this is uh, no food, no waters, etc. I think it's just some waters. I remember day 21 of our first fast, clearly. I was walking into the administration building at our church when I began to feel my body crashing, as if my brain and body had completely stopped working. There just happened to be a nurse in the office, and after she took one look at me, she exclaimed, What have you done to yourself? When I told her that I'd been fasting, she immediately told me that I needed to eat right away and grabbed some broccoli and white rice for me to eat. Let me tell you that white rice and broccoli tasted like heaven in a bowl. What I took away from the experience is that I personally cannot do a juice or water fast. I have to feed my body food. That's an actual, her body requires food. It's just what it is. We can all come up with awesome excuses when we don't want to try something, but my encouragement to you is if you're going to do a no foods and only waters fast, it needs to be spirit-led. It just has to be, all right? We need to be smart about how we're handling our bodies. So she says, now if I fast, I follow a Daniel fast, which eliminates all foods except fruit, vegetables, and water. Um, So there we go. Someone awesome who loves fasting, who only does Daniel fast, okay? Circumstantial. Okay, this would be me. I'm a parent. I'm breastfeeding. I said that word on tape. And um, people with pregnant or people with job demands, that they require the fuel. Um, If you've struggled with bulimia or anorexia, this would probably be you too, just putting it out there kindly. Um, I'd recommend doing a shorter or a partial fast, purely because you're trying to put your body through something while you can't sustain the rest of your life. It's not that our fast is supposed to break down the basics that we're responsible for, okay? It's a a holy exchange between you and the Lord, and the pursuit is that I offer over what I'm hungry for to receive what you want to do in and through me, all right? We want to tune in our hunger. So I guess what I'm trying to do is not to make everyone so literal and not to be comparative. So Oh, if they can do that, then I should be doing that, all right? So partial fast. The heart of God, I believe, behind the discipline is the story of the widow who dropped her last two pennies in the offering box, that's Mark 12, 43 and 44, where, she says, uh, where he says, look at her, out of her poverty, she gave everything, so out of your circumstance, give your everything, which could look completely different to Joe Bloggs next door, all right, does that make sense, so circumstantial is according to you, what you have, what you feel peace is the right thing to offer, spirit led, okay, and I'll talk about what a partial fast is, all those different things, shorter, longer, Third is discipline. Um, not an area that I'm amazing in when it comes to food. I don't know if a lot of people are. <laughs> um, uh, so, again, this is meant to be an area where we're not awesome. So if you if you have an amazing discipline and you think you're awesome at this, that's great. The, the purpose of fasting isn't about being awesome. It's about humility. So discipline. <laughs> so discipline, again, is a choice that you can do. If you're super disciplined, I'd keep myself accountable on that. I know it says when you fast you know, do it in secret, but as a corporate fast, we're obviously knowing that each other's fasting, so we are doing it in secret, Shhh. again, so if we, <laughs> if we, if we do that, so each side of the scale, if you find that it's super easy, I'd be smart about it, and give yourself a kind of different challenge in the discipline, or do the whole month instead of one week, or whatever, and if you find the discipline super hard, make it a short fast, and do it accountable to someone, have someone checking in, how's it going? And so you develop that discipline bit by bit, okay? So that you're doing it amongst friendship and abo- amongst support. It's the heart behind fasting, all right? We see that. We see that in Isaiah, and we're going to go through that later. Fasting is about the heart, all right? Theological. Woohoo! Let's go to Matthew 6, verse 6, if you have your Bibles. I hear those pages on your phones. A lot of this content, actually... Um obviously I read my Bible, but a lot of this content in a condensed form is really nice in Jennifer Evaz's book, the Intercessor's Handbook, which I don't have, but we all know it. She was here. They're all sold out, but you can download it on your Kindle, or your phone. Really awesome, easy to read book, lots of good principles. All right. Matthew six, verse six. What I love is he's teaching them, um let's um, do even from verse five, he talks, and when you pray. I just want you to notice it says, and when you pray. And then verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. So twice he's saying, and when you pray, which tells us that w- we should pray. Yeah? Not and if you pray, it's and when. Makes sense. We've kind of caught that we're a prayer cultured people. Yes? Then we move on to Matthew six sixteen, And when you fast... But when you fast is again in 17. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Do that so it would be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father. So again, it's the unseen. But it's the same phrasing both times, when and when. So it's pretty, it's just like we do prayer, we do fasting. It's hand in hand. Yeah? Putting that before you, that it's not that fasting is some elite thing that only special people do, or that it's something that we should do super, super infrequently because it's only when we're supposed to be holy. It's actually partnered with prayer a lot. It can be something you can do regularly. Yeah? Cool? All (sighs) right. Ah. So, I want to just approach um, the rewards or why I feel fasting for this season, what we're going to get out of it. We're going to get heaps because we're in a season of upgrade. I think we're going to start seeing what that even looks like as our eyes get purified in fasting. It always builds unity. We're doing it together, camaraderie. Um... But I want to I focus on this purity side. So it's a game changer when it comes to unanswered prayer and it, it aligns our will. I love anything that aligns my will. I'd, I could say, yeah, I want to, but I don't know how to do that, you know. So fasting really, that constant decision of pushing my will in, in line and, and the grace of God just, you know, partnering with that, obviously aligns our will and it establishes a greater capacity because what would normally fill that hunger, because we do. First of all, it's amazing for that. We just fill it with something, is now only being filled by the Lord. Yeah? So our capacity, suddenly we realize, whoa, like, there's so much more of them I could consume if it was the priority, if it was the place, you know? Cool. Alrighty, so I want to look at Isaiah 58, verse 6 to 9. Woohoo. This is, um, you know, we're, we're talking about how. The hypocritical religion is a hindrance to hearing and so it's kind of confronting that in this style where he says actually is not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice um, untie the cords of the um, of the yoke to set the oppressed free so he's kind of coming at the hearts of religious people and going you can do all the practices you want but unless your heart isn't aligned with me like isn't this the kind of fasting so just to clarify fasting foods is still right but he's he's challenging the heart so he goes through is not to share your food with the hungry to provide the poor wanderer with shelter um, when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood then look at this um, verse 8 then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear that was the word for last year then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the lord will be your rear guard this is fruit of fasting. Your light will break forth. Your healing will appear. Your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. What are those things? What are those things? They're promises. They're true. They're fruit of fasting. It's the reward of fasting. We can go into fasting knowing that if our heart intention in the fasting is that our hunger for the Lord that I that I that I'm drawing into him, that I'm putting his perspective first. We're going to see a greater outworking of salvation. Yep. Your light will break forth. Greater outworking of salvation. We're going to see healing. Hallelujah. We're going to see that your righteousness will go before you. There's a purity. Yay. Righteousness will go before you. We're not going to look back and see where we did it wrong. Yeah. And then we've got and the glory of the Lord will be your rear God. We're going to have the presence of the Lord and, p- and His protection. This is cool. We should fast more. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I just keep looking at that and go, those are promises. That is fruit of fasting. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help and He will say, Here am I. Not, I'm coming. Here am I. We're going to know the presence of God so much richer. Isn't that cool? Why aren't we fasting more? Those are promises. There's so much in here that I just go we've we've often gone oh are we fasting for the right intention which is great you know are we doing more acts of social justice you know there's lots of stuff that comes out of this passage but the fruit of it like we forget like, the sacrifice is a joy. Like, there's something awesome that we're getting out of fasting. And I just want to highlight that there's such good fruit. All right, we're going to go into why fasting purifies. I'm going to focus on that a little bit more. I like to kind of condense my life into body, soul, spirit. Is that okay to simplify it that much? All righty, bodies. Who understands what a gut cleanse does? Yeah? Yeah, we're talking physical stuff. Stop everyone feeling awkward about your bodies now that I've said it. It's okay. I've just had a baby yay. All good. Bodies are bodies. Okay. Uh, It doesn't mean that you have to agree with detoxing. I'm not saying it's the method, but um, detoxing is another word for flushing out your system. So fasting naturally does that to your body. If you're removing foods, if you're removing a substance in your life that you hunger after because you can't do foods, it's also going to detox that area in your life. So it's still a detox. All right. But let me just explain physically. Since God specifically designed the body to self-clean and detox itself, you might ask the question, if our bodies are supposed to detox naturally, why then do you have to do anything extra to help them in the process? Which is like if we live our lives in prayer, and if we live our lives you know, on the journey of wholeness and salvation, then why do we need to fast? All right. The sad reality is that the environments we live in are often full of toxins. Did you know that I just recently heard that you can get toxins from tattoos? Anyway... Back to this. Uh, There are... (laughs) I like tattoos. It wasn't a complaint. I have one. Um, There are pesticides in our foods, chemicals in our cleaning products, and even the air we breathe has 187 known toxins in it. We can go about our day-to-day lives choosing a healthy lifestyle, yet still come into contact with toxins in the air we breathe. The foods we eat, the water we drink, our cleaning supplies, makeup products, lotions and facial cleansers. Great. The mattresses we sleep on, the clothes we wear, the carpets in our homes, and even in some of the supplements we take. Crazy, hey? These toxins can be very harmful if they continue to build up in your system. An overload of toxins in your body has been linked to weight gain, cancer, Alzheimer's, autism, diabetes, fatigue, heart disease, allergies, candida, and even infertility. So if you're struggling to lose weight, despite... Eating well and exercising toxins may be interfering with your body, etc. So toxins are actually a huge part of our body battle and our body process. It's been wired to flush them out, but sometimes a good gut cleanse or a change in diet in general really helps that. And it can be a huge health issue if you have a healthy liver and um, you eat well, but you're still struggling with the symptoms of what would be a dysfunctional liver. Often it is to do with your toxin levels in your body. All right, So fasting just for your body in itself could be a really healthy process. Cool. Just the same as if you're fasting a whole lot of television because you need to eat foods and there's something else that you hunger for each day. It could be TV, it could be a sport, it could be anything. If you fast that the toxins that are involved in that culture and in those airwaves affect your body, not just your spirit, not just your soul. Yeah, we are body, soul, spirit. It's never isolated. So just to be aware that what you cut out flushes through a freshening through your body. All right. Soul, hearts and minds. Alrighty. Fasting empties us of unbelief and aligns our faith in such a way that we gain triumph over the enemies. I love this section. This is where love and war make sense to me. Our souls are so deeply feeling, so easily broken and crushed, so so movable and wavy and wonderful. That's our hearts and our minds and our thinking and our absolutes. And when we fast, we Yields that so that we can build trust, so that we no longer walk by emotions and absolutes, but by faith. Yeah? So fasting actually wires our heart into a place of trust. And trust is the foundation of every relationship. So we're actually calling our soul into a place of trust or an exposure to that we don't trust. And we need to find out how. Premistry, whatever. It's an exposure to the heart because you're no longer feeding it on what it normally holds grounded to it's not sitting in its place of refuge anymore and so you're actually surfacing it and pushing it into a seat to say hey where's your faith where's your trust sitting because even though it's such an emotional place it's also the place where you war from it's the place where you yell do you understand like that's your that's your power place as well so what i love about fasting is it aligns my soul and then it makes me trust it better so i'm forming a trust with the lord but i'm also forming a trust with my heart i trust it when it feels funky in a room my discernment feels sharper do you see what i mean so we're forming a place of faith where we're like i said with my own journey i'm getting up and i'm able to make a smarter decision because i'm stepping into the spiritual even though physically and emotionally i might not feel that so we're shifting our heart into a place of faith it's not uh telling it to or i, d- I do love declaration i do love prayer declaration i'm not against that but you're actually captivating your heart in that truth instead of trying to override it does that make sense Alright. So we have to listen with our hearts, but we also must erupt with faith from our hearts. Okay, if we come secondary and just support what our hearts feeling, we're, we're missing out on the concept of faith completely. Okay, spirit. Ah, okay. Fasting purifies the spirit. It purifies our sight. It purifies our hearing. It becomes a ch- an exchange of the natural dependency we have. ...for a spiritual dependency. We actually shift, like I said this last few weeks... ...so I'm shifting from a natural... ...because I do, I wage, I figure out how I'm feeling... ...I, I work with my body like I work with this th- you know, your heart... ...and you work with your, your spirit... ...and I'm shifting my weight of everything I usually rely on my body to do... ...and I'm shifting it to what the spirit says is true. Not just discipline, it's actually truth. So faith is kicking in... ...and I'm shifting into that spiritual reality and watching it outpour. When we fast we actually purify all of that. So sometimes we go, this is what the Lord's saying and it's kind of murky with our soul, but we don't even know that. Or it's filled with other little demons we haven't really discovered yet. Yeah, like literally, as you upgrade, things come up. And as you mature, things come up. We don't do a wholeness journey and we're done. So every day we're going to discover other little mucky things, little rough corners. (laughs) Praise Jesus. I'm speaking here by grace. I'm not whole. Okay, so we have the Spirit and he, he purifies our sight because we've said, actually, I'm going to give you my sight instead of eat food. And he purifies our hearing because, actually, I'm going to sp- be in prayer instead of prepare a meal. All right? So that's, that's the shift. We're already feeling hungry all day, and so there's a reminder to turn and be in a place of a posture of prayer and worship. All right? So as we're in that place, it's the same as if you ate food for a while. You start knowing, oh, that's, you know, this spice and that herb. And I can tell that's got curry powder in it and that's too much salt. And we're really good with food now because we eat it so much. But when we step into the spirit and we're praying and we're, we're just spending a few minutes or just constantly acknowledging, you're going to get that taste in your mouth. You're going to have your eyes clear, your hearing tuned in. And you're going to go, oh, see, I hear what God's saying right now. It's clear. And you trust it better. And so even your speed and your maturity in the spirit kind of goes more rapid because you're constantly only feeding on the one. So it's a real time of r- kind of rapid confidence. Does that make sense? Because you know what you're eating. You just, you just know. Is that good? So there's stuff that comes out of fasting for each other, where we're sort of prophecy, prophesying and prayer. But there's stuff that comes up for your own life. And then obviously in authority, because we have this confidence, a righteous confidence and authority for what we're praying over. Cool? So it's really good. And when we can do that, I feel like we're putting our hearts before the Lord to be questioned all the time let's get deception out of this journey, yeah? Let's keep staying people who are actually on a journey of salvation and will forever need his mercy and forever need grace to even do the day half as well as we hope. That's the truth of it. So as much as we're feeling the grace rushing in, we get to stay even more dependent. We're just keeping it there, that lovely paradox, that beautiful balance. So just remember, it's a when, not an if. Fasting's normal. But the goal um, of fasting, it's really a heart journey. It's really a heart journey before the Lord where everything just gets purified. Three ways to fast. Okay, I've actually got this content um, from Jennifer Vaz's book. Let me just see if I can bring it up because I have it on my phone. I'm not texting. Okay. Kindle. All right, I'm going to go through the absolute fast, the normal fast, and the partial fast. These are food oriented. You can do it differently there's lots of lot people lots of people would have done fast before so if you're not sure it's the first time you fasted but you don't feel food would be wise that's okay um you can also just do a one dayer um but it's really fine you can you can choose to fast like i said television things like that some people use it as a method to quit things um just quit something and then let's fast what you're hungry for in a daily lifestyle yeah it's actually not a diet. It's not. It's not something to help you lose weight. It's not. It's not that sort of. The goal is heart and tension. So if you want to quit something, add that to it. Great, but let's just choose in our lifestyle what can we see that's actually okay for us that we live hungering for, whatever it is, and let's just put it aside. Once, I think for a month when we were new in paradox, the Lord said to me, "I need you to fast listening to Bill Johnson at night." Who knows? Listening to Bill Johnson at night is a really good thing. Yeah, it's wonderful. And when I went through. Um, Chronic fatigue, depression, sometimes I'd have trauma in the night. And a friend had sent me a whole disc. When I first discovered Bill Johnson, this would be about seven or eight years now. And I just put on a sermon at night, and I would sleep in peace. Because he carries peace, right? He just does. And it was beautiful. And I was like, okay. uh, what about? And then I realized I had this panic, like, (gasps) what if I don't sleep well? And the Lord said, because I can father you to sleep. That was a risk for me. Like, I didn't like the trauma at night. And and he wasn't telling me off for the method. I think he let that method run for a good year, and he was happy with it. He still doesn't mind if I do it now. It's literally that he was like, let's fast this good thing so I can show you one-on-one on one how much better I am. Yeah? And he builds that in you. So that's what I'm trying to say. I get that we can use it for different methods. But the pure part of it is that you leave something good to find the one good thing. Yeah? All right absolute fast. The fast of abstaining from food and water. Okay. Since the body cannot sustain itself without water for more than three days, do not do this fast for more than three days. All right? No, seriously. If you, if you feel called to, it's because you feel called to and you shouldn't do it for more than three days. Is that fair enough? I know that some people can feel quite spiritual about stuff. It's not wise to do it for more than three days because that's about as much as our bodies can handle. So if you feel led to do, I've never done one. I think it's insane. I don't think I could do one. But if you feel led to spiritually fast both water and food for three days, go for it. Tell someone. Yeah. Stay stay accountable because for your health. (laughs) Um, But really, it's a spirit-led fast, that one, and just be smart about it. Don't be superhuman. Queen Esther called this kind of fast when, when her people, the Jews, were being threatened with death. So when her people sought God through fasting, they gained a complete turnaround against their enemies. So there's power in the sacrifice. That's huge, eh? Hey? Spirit-led, though. Spirit-led. All these fasts need to be spirit-led. Really seek the Lord about what he wants you to offer. What's your everything put in, all right, for this season, where you're at, circumstantially. All right, we have a normal fast. This one I've done. This is where you abstain from food, but um, not the liquids for a certain mu- number of days. The Apostle Paul fasted once for three days and another time for 14 days in Acts 9, 9, and then 27, 33. Moses and Elijah fasted for 40 days, Exodus 34, verse 28, 1 Kings 19 and 8. And the valiant men of Jabesh, Gilead, fasted for seven days, see First Samuel 31 and 13. There's no formula for how many days you should fast for a normal fast. It depends on your circumstances. Cool? Um... I did. I felt the Lord lead me in to do a no, uh, normal fast for a week. So I just did water. Um, I think I don't even know if I did coffees or teas. But to be honest, it was difficult, but it wasn't because I felt called into it. So that's the difference. It was a, uh, it was difficult on a moment by moment daily basis because you're hungry. But it wasn't like I felt I was going through something excruciating. I was just reminded that I was hungry, and then I went and prayed. Do you know what I mean? So it was spirit-led. There's a real grace in it. It's not because I'm very good at that. I don't think I could do another one for that long again at the moment not at all but uh, just to acknowledge that it was I just felt the Lord do that and in that time by the end of that week um I'd be sitting with the Lord and I could see things so clearly it was ridiculous to the point where you're like I wish I could fast my whole life it was so clear and so me being me I got a little cheeky I was single so I said so Lord who am I going to marry and when (laughs) Am I? You know, what's your will for me? Kind of, you know, since everything's clear, I'm going to understand, and you're going to show me. And he really—he gave me some clear pictures, and um, I met Luke soon after, and I knew from from the visions I had in my fasting, which is ridiculous. So that's the kind of clarity I'm talking about, where there's a such a surety. Um, sometimes he won't give you the answers you want, <laughs> so I'm not saying use a fast and bribe him. It was just a, a grace that he was beautiful with with me, but there is a clarity for stuff and and I think there's breakthrough and there's answers for things in fasting and and we can be sure of it. Do you know what I mean? Because we're seeing, we're seeing clearly. We can be bold enough to ask things that seem impossible before you fast. Like what's the answer to that? It just comes to you and you feel the boldness because you're sort of running in a clarity that's not always there. Cool? All right. Yeah, so again, like she said here, it depends on your circumstances. So again, we're not comparing we're just choosing what feels healthy and right, spirit-led. Then we have the partial fast. woo This is a fast that allows the consumption of food and liquids, but it's restricted in some way. So in the beginning of Israel's captivity to King Nebuchadnezzar, for example, Daniel and his three friends resolved not to defile themselves with the king's rich food, so they, provo- they proved this to the guard by eating just vegetables and water for 10 days with positive results. Um, Later, Daniel submitted to a 21-day fast in order to seek God concerning the release of his people from captivity. i just like to point that out. It's releasing people from captivity, just like Esther. But he didn't do a three-day starving fast. He did a Daniel fast. Both were efficient and enough. Yeah? Okay, just pointing that out. Um, And he fasted in a similar fashion with no choice, food, wine, or meat for 21 days, and he received a heavenly revelation as a result. And a beautiful boy. Um, whenever I look at the hurry kids, I'm like, yes, because I think we'll have a long and lanky, and they're so cute, right, long and lanky kids, (laughs) I like them, stud muffins. All right, yeah, so... Daniel fasts are an option. Again, if you have intolerances or uh, things like that, it's a really great option. If you're interested in Daniel fast, there's heaps of information in this book, which you can download. You can probably find it on the internet. super easy. It is really common. It's a form of detox for people who even aren't Christian, just because it's quite efficient and good for the body still. Um, so feel free to look into that one. Alrighty. Just want to talk on the principles of it. Are we keeping up? I told you it would be a bit factual. Are we good? Okay. Fasting is an exchange. So I've said it a few times, it's whatever we hunger for, all right? Whatever we hunger for, that's good and it's right. For some of us extroverts, it's actually not hanging out with people. For some of us introverts, it's about not being away. There's things that we kind of feed on to rejuvenate, and if we can't do the food side, there's other things that we rejuvenate or live on or do well on, and they're good, and we're just kind of going, hold up. Instead of doing that, I'm going to position myself in prayer and in worship. So you're giving yourself a different action to take, yeah? Okay, it's an exchange of food or something of similar value for the word, for worship, and for prayer. It must be an exchange, it's not a diet. We replace it with prayer and with worship, yeah? It's always done in combination with prayer, otherwise it's just a diet. Oh, you said the same thing? Okay, <laughs> my notes said me. Okay, rather we crucify our flesh and our appetite to teach our bodies what to be hungry for, yeah? We leave everything good to look for the one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's a promise, Matthew 5, verse 6, and then we see it in Isaiah, that your righteousness will go before you. How cool is that? All right? Those who are hungry for God will be filled by him. That's a promise. So this action, as terrifying as it might seem, has so much reward in it, and we need to look at that rather than feel like aghast by the idea that we're going to be missing things we love. It is a sacrifice, but it's kind of, I, like, when we were talking this over, I was like, it's not a, it's like a death that you're excited about. Does that make sense? Like, yes, kill me now. No, but it's it's really good. It's There's so much good fru- fruit that you, that honestly, the end of a fast, you sort of go, oh I wish I could live like this. It's really, really, I just want to encourage you, first timers or people who are going to do it a little bit harder this time, there's such good fruit. There's such a good reward. Um some, some of the other things I want to point out, I did mention it before, before I, before I close, yeah, is we receive the reward of, of unity as well. Um, so though there's a personal thing, there's a unity reward because we're doing it together. There's something about a corporate fast that holds a lot of power before God. It's an agreement for the season that we're in and it's an agreement of going low. When, when the body goes low instead of just a cell, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, a real, there's a real release for this region because of our agreement to go low rather than three people doing it. You know, like, two people could fast on behalf of others, but a whole community fasting on behalf of a region. Do you see what I mean, the mountain sizing? So, um, just to know that there's a real unity that is a fruit and a good thing to steward <laughs> – It's always good when there's unity. There's also um, humility, and we can't make humility happen. Someone often, I was chatting to a friend of a friend, but they were like making some decisions and they were taking it slow because they were worried about pride. And I laughed and I said, you're going to always find pride. You just are. You can't stop living because you're nervous that you're going to do something proud. You know, you've just got to stay choosing what could be a humble position in your heart. You know, do prayer and fasting, keep yourself accountable to people, but you're always going to bump into pride. It's going to constantly be washing out, you know? So, what I love about fasting is it just attacks it again. It keeps us humble. It keeps us, you know, we don't want to do the pride comes before a fall kind of life, but you can't keep looking for pride in your life. So, let's just fast and let Him do that because that's what He does. And we are all just humble before Him because fasting tells Him that we, it, we need Him and we're not that a- awesome, actually. Do you know what I mean? We're so awesome. We are so created by him and wonderful and beautiful. And what we have in us is astounding. But we're not awesome in comparison to Jesus. Like who God is and what he does through us, that is awesome. So humility is such an awesome posture because finally we're not in the way. And he does what he's designed us to do. You know what I mean? He draws us in closer to him because actually our coolness has stopped that he pours things through us to others when actually our judgments have stopped that. Humility is a beautiful thing and he does that when, when we fast. It's really good. We receive breakthrough. Um, I think what I like about fasting, uh, the way I like to phrase it is, fasting is voluntary weakness. So we receive breakthrough because we stop we stop thinking a charge mentality and we just step into prayer and into unity and into intimacy with him. Where there is warfare, but it's like, My actual choice is to focus on you and then breakthrough just happens anyway because we've aligned ourselves. Yeah? Yeah. Think of breakthrough when a whole community does that. It's exciting. That makes me happy because it's his strength that comes through when we fast. It's his strength. It's his sustenance. It's his nutrition. It's his grace that comes through when we fast. And we receive the anointing for ministry. We're all called to ministry. We minister where we are, and we receive anointing. We don't want to minister out of understanding. We want to minister from anointing. We want to minister by grace. To be anointed literally means to be just smeared with the Holy Spirit and given a gift of power to accomplish the tasks that are put before you. It's literally like... It just happens easily. It's not something that we're striving for. There's actually favor on it in that moment. We, we receive that kind of anointing when we're yielded in fasting. So there's greater anointing, there's greater portion, there's greater trust, both ways. Yeah? Cool. So that means that it's preparing our hearts to carry more for what we're made for, which is what we want, because we're in a season of upgrade. So let's do it. Just remember, Isaiah 58, when we fast, There's salvation, there's healing, there's protection, there's purity, and there's presence. Those are things to fast for. They're promised in your fast. It's not even a wonder if. We get to share testimony of that in this fast and after this fast and to see what that looks like as we just surrender and yield and be humble in unity, what this upgrade releases in our own private lives with our children, with our homes, with our relationships, with our healing, with our finances. And then again in this, this community and in the influence and in the sound waves and in the, in the earth and the ground that we stand on in this region, what we're warring against. We need protection for what we're warring against. We're coming up great things. Deb's word's correct. We're in an upgrade of what we're confronting. And to know that when we fast, we have greater protection. That's good. We need it. I'm sick of the sickness that's going on. Yeah? Fasting. Fasting you can tell it to be gone or we just go right underneath the shield of God. Here we go. We're going to march up there on our knees. We're climbing this ladder. There we go. Because he has a roar that blows them all away. So we're just going in in obedience and we're staying in low. All right. Awesome. So just to encourage you, if we're probably the way we did it last year, and it was really handy, is within your life hub, you can kind of discuss or we might put it up Amy eh, hey we, we put up each week which life hub was that week and you could fast the week or one day in that week or you could do more than one week you could do two but or, or four or how many weeks there are in a month um, as a leadership team we felt to do the whole month so that's what we were doing but different people different circumstances there we go but you're accountable within your life hub so so then you know even in your routine and if you're a fly and fly out and you're like okay but that life hub week that's when we're all fasting. So you know when you're in unity with people in what you're doing. So we'll put it up there. There'll be community conversation about it. We're obviously talking about it. Um, if there's more stuff you want to know on fasting, that's great discussion within Life Hubs anyway. Um, and, yeah, what I probably would encourage you just in the next few weeks before we come into August because we have Heather Clark coming for a worship night on the Thursday, the 4th, I think, and then we've got the 24-hour prayer. So there's going to be setups for lots of prayer and worship provided for us too. We don't have to be kind of trying to set it up for ourselves. But what I encourage you in the next few weeks is to just seek the Lord and yield to him. Just yield to him. It can be scary for some of us. Just yield to him. What do you want me to fast, Lord? What do you want me to fast? That's your question. Just what is it? Whether you like the answer or not is probably irrelevant. My my advice to you is to stay accountable in it and be obedient to it yeah because he will his grace will sustain you it will it will that's what he is that's he's so good all right can i bless us in prayer all right father god we just love you we love what you're doing we love that even your movement here is only by your permission It's only by your grace and only because of your mercy. We just acknowledge it, God. We just acknowledge it right now. We sit right at the base of our well and go, you're the one who builds and you're the one who fills. It's all you. All glory and all praise and all wonder, it just belongs to you, God. And you've blessed us with good things, with good things. Even in our little, we have a lot. We have a lot. We have a lot, God. And so we just say right now, Lord, that we want to humble ourselves in this season that's almost global, where there's an upgrade in the spirit, there is fresh things to capture, fresh grace to lean into, there's an openness to things that have always been there, but it's like it's, you can just step in. There's an openness, and there's a trust, and there's a revealing of who you are, and there's an ability for us to lean into that with greater capacity, and so God, we just want to put our knees to the ground and say, absolutely, 100%, as long as our eyes are fixed on you. As long as we are pure in this, and as long as your glory is still the main thing, then absolutely, God. But don't let us run in this deceived that we've become great on our own. Don't let us run in the new and in the wonder and think that it's because we've been faithful, we now have fruit, and we're awesome because we're only faithful by you anyway. So God, we're on our knees in this season of awesome, and we're saying, keep us on your path, God. Keep us on your path. In fact, there's more. There's more than what's even happening because there's more when we're on our knees. We see even clearer. So God, keep us here. Keep us humble. Keep us hungry for the true thing, the relationship with you, the face-to-face, the fact that you're our Father and we're your kids. Jesus said it's you that we're going to meet at the end of the aisle, and it's going to be worth it. This whole thing is going to be worth it. To meet you on that day it's going to be worth it, God. It's worth every sacrifice. It's worth letting go of all the things that have been even blessings in our lives, God, that you've poured out for us as our daily sustenance, God. We'll even put that aside. We want to walk down that aisle and see your face. It's worth it to be your bride, to make ourselves ready. It's worth it, God. Your love is worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And even in this next season, God, that you would drill into our hearts the reality of how worth it is, that we'd be so anchored in that truth that you wouldn't be able to pull that nail out if you tried. Whatever season comes, we're just bored into by this love and by this affection and by this glory of you, Jesus. Jesus. Nothing tastes better than you. Success doesn't even taste better than you. Strength doesn't taste better than you. Ability doesn't taste better than you. Wealth doesn't taste better than you. All the glory of the kingdom doesn't even taste as good as you. I want the king, not the kingdom. The kingdom comes with them, but I want the king, God. I want the bubbles and the laughter, but only if it's with you. I want the golden streets only if I'm walking with you. I want to be purified because I'm meeting you, not because I'm known that I'm a pure person. I want to meet you, Jesus. We want to meet you, God. We want to do what we're designed for, to just be one with you, Jesus. To be, to be one with you. That's what we want, God. Keep us on our knees. Keep us focused. Chip into that until that vision is so pure and it constantly gets purified. We know that. As we go more and more whole, we realize how much more we long for you and how much more good you are. Tune us in, God. Blinker us as horses, we pray. Blinker us. Blinker us for you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for everything you've promised, for the breakthrough, for the protection, the purity, the healing. Hallelujah. Even over Heather, what a quick process of awesome that is. That's an upgrade. We just thank you. We say yes, and we say more. If I look that good after surgery, praise Jesus, like more, Lord, more. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, lift off every heavy and every concern this morning every battle, every common ground that just keeps on ticking. Lord, we just lift off any oppression in that area this morning. We just welcome your season of upgrade right now. We welcome it. We step into it, even if it feels like a faith action, Lord. And as we just step into this season, we just say yes. We say yes, that your will here is going to look different than we've ever seen before. And that your grace will keep us in it. Your grace will keep us in it. We yield to you today, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Amen.